here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rat Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we're at the end of the NFL season. The abomination that was the Pro Bowl uh, just happened over <laughs> the weekend. I don't know exactly what that was. I know some people liked it. I, I didn't really catch a lot, but skills competitions and you know, flag football and stuff like that. Hey, you know what? If kids enjoy it, they get to see their stars. That's great. But I'm looking forward to, just like Pat is, uh, we're looking forward to the stars that are going to be playing this Sunday in the big game. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 57, uh, the Bill Bowl uh, for us that are uh, friends here. And I mean, that's really it. I mean, we're going to touch base on also some um, start sit results that we had throughout the season to touch on the fantasy stuff. Uh, but again, even if you're just a new to the channel or, or fantasy football uh, novice, obviously we go through the year, we do pick our starts and sits to give you an idea who to put in your lineup, who to stay away from based off of matchups, gut feels, injuries, and things like that. So we're going to talk about that and obviously dig deep into uh, our feelings about the Super Bowl, which Pat, I probably think we're pretty much going to be simpatico uh, down the line, uh, uh, you know, it's probably going to be scary how how in <laughs> lock, in lock and step you and I are when it comes to most of the the calls that we're going to make on this, right? I mean, there's the information that's out there that you know, the, as far as statistics and things like that. I, I don't, I don't really see. You know, I, I obviously watch a lot of you know football programs on television and stuff like that, and you know, a lot of stuff leading up to the Super Bowl, and you know, not that. We don't want you listening, but we're probably going to say a lot of the same stuff you've already heard if you've been listening to any of that stuff, because it is kind of, you know, the numbers kind of point in one direction and, and we'll kind of get there, you know, in our talks. But it, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think that we're veering too far off of, you know, what the general consensus has been for the Super Bowl so far. So at least I'm not I, I don't know. You know, I haven't discussed with you your thoughts yet, which is, you know, why we're on here doing this. But uh my, my guess is, yeah, that you, your thoughts are going to be some, somewhere similar to, to the thoughts that I have and the thoughts that are, like I said, kind of out there uh, in the ether for, for this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. And I think, uh, you know, obviously uh, a lot of our close friends are, are going to be on board, even some of those, uh, you know, damn boys fans and, and the, the Vagiants <laughs> fans that are, that are part of our, our crew for our home league and fantasy football, even they know. Uh, what's coming but yeah we'll we'll get into that and we'll we'll get into the to the starts and sits finale that was uh the 2022 nfl season when it came to fantasy football uh here at the nine route uh pat you want to hit them with the socials yeah absolutely you can follow us on twitter at the nine route one and at scott from delco you can email the show if you'd like at the nine route FFB at gmail.com, or you can check out our website where we have links to our Twitter and to the, uh, our email as well. And our website is www.thenineroutefb.com. Uh, I, I wanted to say the, uh, before I forget the, uh, how is Super Bowl 57 not at Heinz field in Pittsburgh? That's, that seems, you know, it should be, uh, should be one of these cold. Ew. weather Super Bowls. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. Well, and I did, I was just having this conversation with somebody at work. I thought that the league did start to say that they were going to try to stretch their legs out when it came to uh, allowing it to go to even cold weather cities that weren't domes. I, I could have sworn that that was something that was, um, that was mentioned. Now, yeah. I, I could be wrong, but at the same time, I feel that, you know, obviously we saw one in New York uh, that was outdoor, and then we have seen, obviously, Minnesota when we won, but that was a domed stadium. But it gives these cities, you know, even a Seattle, uh, you know, a Green Bay. What would be more poetic to have a, a Lambeau Field Super Bowl, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that comes with the territory. And if anything, probably adds a little spice to the game. Now, I know they look at it as the fans want to sit out there when it's negative 30 and snowing and stuff like that. Real fans, yeah. The, uh, you know, the wine and cheese crowd that get most of the tickets, maybe not. But yeah, Super Bowl crowd is different than a, a regular season uh, home game crowd for sure. Yeah, and at, at the same time with with the technology nowadays that is in play, uh, for them to put up some concept of a temper outside of like a heavy snowfall, to put up some kind of temporary structure to kind of help keep temperatures in there and, and things like that, I'm sure the NFL has a couple bucks in their pocket that would probably be able to make something happen. Uh, you know what I mean? When it, when it comes to something like that, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. wouldn't mind having one down at the link. You know, I don't know if anybody would survive that, but you know, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a rough week coming up anyway with, with possibly, you know, with parades and, and, and all that stuff, the, the Sunday night celebration, the, the street lights are already shaking. It's not because of the wind. So <laughs> no, not at all. Not in Philly. Mm-mm. All right, so what? Uh, let's jump into let's jump into our start set results. We'll knock that out, get that out of the way, and then we can uh, we can talk the big game. I think uh, you know that's going to be the majority of this podcast and probably the most anticipated part. Nobody really cares about our start set results, but we do want to give them out uh, to you all just so that there is you know we feel like in order to be you know I guess transparent with you know how we did this year and and you know we are on this podcast to give fantasy football advice so. Uh, you know, we we do want to let you know how well we did in our picks this year. And, uh, you know, if, if we blew it, then, you know, we, we got to try harder next year. But if we did well, then, you know, deserve a little pat on the back and, uh, you know, some some congratulations for for making some good picks this year. So uh, you want to jump right into the start sits? I think so. I think so. I'll, I'll let you give the the lowdown since the you rundown. The, the chief scorer, uh, which I know we discussed, also maybe uh, adjusting some of that moving forward. Yeah, I think in the off season we can definitely dis- discuss, you know, different parameters for the scoring because I think this, you know, we didn't do bad, but this definitely is difficult when there's like a hard line that you have to hit and everything above that line is good and everything below that line is bad or, or vice versa, depending on whether you pick the player to start or sit. I think there's, there's more, especially in fantasy football, there's more degrees to, you know, correctness or incorrectness. You know, sometimes a person may not hit the point threshold, but maybe that was just a down week for the position and they finished, you know, in the top 12 or the top 15 or whatever. And, you know, we don't always necessarily get credit for, you know, making the, those picks and, and they look like bad picks and then they're good picks or they may look like a good pick when it was really maybe not the best pick just based off of, you know, what other people were doing, uh, you know, in, in that week. So um, we will we'll we'll figure that out and get a little bit better scoring system moving forward. So basically the way we 
scored or the 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 scorekeeping of the start sits for the year where we did 10 picks per week five starts five sits and then the scoring numbers that we used for each were scoring in our league which is a full ppr league we do six points for passing touchdowns um, i know some leagues do four and then there are bonuses as well for a uh, hundred yards rushing and receiving, three hundred yards passing, and then bigger bonuses to, if you go uh, to two hundred passing. I'm sorry, to two hundred rushing, receiving, and four hundred passing, you get a little bit uh, another small bonus. So that will takes into account our scoring system for our home league, and basically the way we scored it was for quarterbacks, we're looking at a baseline of twenty five points for a start to be considered a, a good call, a correct call. Or if that quarterback finishes in the top 12 that week, even if it's less than 25 points, uh, we do give credit for a top 12 for a starter sit. We also take credit away for a start sit if you said, hey, you should sit this guy, and he did finish with maybe 20 points, but then he, you know, finished as the, you know, the QB 10 on the week, you know, then you got that one wrong because that was, a, he was a startable asset for that particular week. For the running backs and wide receivers, it's a 15 points is the line that we're looking at or the top 36 between those positions. So basically any flex worthy starter uh, was correct for a start was incorrect for a sit at the tight end position. We went down to 12 points because tight ends tend to score a little bit less in general. Uh, also cap that at the top 12 as well. So if you, if you pick the top 12 tight end as a start, you were good to go. And then for the defense, we went with eight points. That seemed to be the standard right around where the top 12 scored for the week. Uh, so if you were in the top 12 or you scored eight points or more as a fantasy defense, then that was what was used for correct as uh, a star set for that particular area. So we'll go over the numbers real quick. It, this isn't going to mean much to anybody but us, but we'd like I said, we do want everybody out there that's listening to know how we did this year. Like I said, just for full transparency. So all in all, I had 36% of my starts correct, 70% of my sits correct, for a total of 51.11 correct. So it was just over 50% on my picks. Scott did much better in the start area, 43% correct. I'm sorry, could you repeat? I was a little louder for everybody in the back. <laughs> the sits, he was at 57.32%. And so overall, he was at a 46.67% correct. Strangely enough, he, has, he also had 46.67% incorrect. We do also account for injuries in there. So if we had somebody on a start sit, they didn't finish the game. We don't, you know, kind of take credit away for that. Okay. So out of the 180 picks that we had, Scott had 12 that uh, either didn't finish the game or, uh, you know, maybe was a game time decision and a scratch before, and, and we couldn't get a, a replacement player in there for him. So out of 180, he actually picked 168 total starts and sits. Uh, went exactly 84 and 84 <laughs> out of 180. I had eight that did not finish. So I picked 172 total, uh, either correct or incorrect. And I finished at 92 and 80. So that's where those percentages, the 51% and the 46.67% come from is our total starts and sits. So we, both of us were right about 50% uh, correct, right about 50% incorrect, just based off of, you know, again, the scoring system. Again, we are going to update that scoring system because it doesn't really tell the true tell the tape, I guess, for how well we did or, or you know how bad we did, I guess, depending on the way you want to look at it. Because 
like I said, it, when it's a hard line, a hard number like that, it's a little bit difficult. We definitely need to find a little bit better way to score it so that it makes more sense. But uh, overall, there are our numbers. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I think it was a little better. I have to go back and look la uh, last year's numbers. I think we did a little bit better this year than we did last year as far as totals, which I, last year's totals were right around 50-50 as well. I think we were just a little bit below. I think it was like 45-48 last year or something in that, in that neighborhood. So uh, we're, we're, we're roughly pulling a, about 50% of these correct, which honestly is probably the best you're going to do. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, a lot of the – fantasy analysts and experts out there you don't really see too many get more than you know 50 55 percent correct of their calls so i think we're right about the average of these these start set calls in the industry uh fantasy pros if you're listening um you know just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to we need to start getting graded here on uh I, our that's what i mean here. i mean i guess that's the next level is you know to, yeah to start you know pulling cards on people and just saying, Hey, listen, you know, <laughs> you may be the top guy in the industry cause you got a cute little like Twitter account or something, but you know, we actually get stuff right. We do our work. Our guts are, are better than yours <laughs> when it bigger comes to stuff. Too, probably. <laughs> What'd you say? I said bigger too. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The holidays have not been kind, although it hasn't been <laughs> cold. Uh, and this Sunday is definitely going to attack probably a solid five on uh, yeah, well, next easily. week, the whole next week. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part. You know, we, we're talking about starts and sits and, and, and fantasy, and it's, you know, that part of it. And then the real football and real life where you're going to have a Super Bowl, uh, you're going to have a parade, you're going to have Valentine's Day, you're going to go into Fat Tuesday, and and then the Lenten season. Uh, yeah, a lot of partying going to go on probably in the next uh, next week, week and a half. So definitely our, our belts are going to be, uh, you know, Tested. at maximum capacity <laughs> at this point so you know yeah. i guess we're gonna just have to do a bunch of burpees and, and just hope for the best I, I don't know get it all in now and then spring start working on that uh that beach body i guess right yeah well you know whales be get beached so <laughs> <laughs> just try to blend right in with my brothers and see what happens um uh, sure. yeah no i i, I like you said I, I think you and i sometimes sometimes i go a little bit off the rails with a sit that isn't a, or, you know, a, a guarantee. Like I'll say, Oh yeah, Justin Jefferson. I think he's got a shot to maybe be under his performance. Cause you know, again, he had a couple true stinkers this year where mm -hmm. he really didn't make that, you know, top 15, top 25, top 36, even where it was borderline based off of a couple other people stepping up. So, you know, with that, not, not even saying sour grapes, like, you know, where you say about reevaluating the scoring concepts and stuff like that but we're really not trying to lead you guys astray out there and just say yeah don't start this guy because i don't like him i do look at the numbers but i tend to get a little bit of a a gut feel maybe so to speak and wonder you know is this matchup going to affect something where you see something pop off in the news that somebody might have a off the field issue or something lingering or they're worried about their contract stuff like that so i always take things like that into consideration you never know with the modern athlete how good they are and, and again they Nobody really does that week in and week out where they truly put up, you know, status quo. Again, you have this season you probably had for the most part, yeah, like a Pat Mahomes, you probably had players like that and Justin Jefferson on an average. But they're going to give you a week or two where you're going to turn around and go, oh, my God, like you, yeah, if this guy had only done even his basics, I, I would have won. Instead, I lost by five points. Those, I think, are the killers when, when somebody else has somebody random go off in their roster and, and you just got to sit back and take it. But. Yeah, it's always fun, and I enjoy the competition with you one of these years. Oh, next year, maybe I'll get you. 
Um, <laughs> maybe make more concise picks and just piggyback a lot of stuff. But no, it's always a lot of fun doing this for you out there, the listeners, uh, you know, which we always appreciate you out there. Thank you for listening. And, and again, it's always fun to do this with you, Pat, because again, you know, we always like to see who knows more or, you know, like, oh, I can't believe you called that, you know, the way you did, or, Hey man, you know, you were dead on. So it's always, it's always fun to, to see who, uh, who may know more for one week, but at the end, you know, it, it turns out we're pretty close when it comes to that. Yeah. I think, um, I think maybe next year what something we can talk about and, and we'll do this obviously off air, but maybe like you said, so that you can include some of those guys who are probably going to be in that top, you know, 12 top 36 or whatever, maybe doing something along the lines of based on their season average start sits, you know what I mean? So like if a guy's averaging 20 points a game and he scores, you know, less than whatever, we'll say 16 or whatever, then that would be considered a, a hit if you decided to sit that guy because he didn't, you know, meet his average or something like that. Maybe, maybe we can figure something like that. I don't know how difficult that would be to score each week, but um, yeah, that may, maybe we can move towards something more like that where, you know, it's not just a, a straight hard number and it's more of a, a relative number to the player that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, let's, let's jump into the main event, man. Let's, let's start talking about this Super Bowl. We only have, uh, we've been talking for about 20 minutes right now and haven't really addressed the Super Bowl. And, and I really want to make sure that, you know, we, we get our time to, to talk about, you know, the main event, basically that's, you know, burying the lead here and, and not uh, that not wasn't the main event. The, Is there something else book? happening? I don't know. <laughs> something the, bigger than our start sit numbers? No. Oh yeah, the draft's coming up, so we got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so Super Bowl Fifty Seven happening in uh, from this recording six days. Uh, by the time you hear it, it, will only be what four days, I guess. This come, this come out on Wednesday. So <laughs> um, yeah, so some news as we were recording this actually just came out from Adam Schefter. The Chiefs have activated running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from injured reserve, so he will be available for Super Bowl 57. They have placed wide receiver McCole Hardman on the injured reserve, so he will not be available. There was some thought, some hope that uh, you know he could get a second opinion for the injury that he suffered in the AFC Championship game. I guess that second opinion was pretty much the same as the first opinion, which was, no, you're not going to be healthy enough to play in that game. So uh, that's... You know, one speedy receiver that the Kansas City Chiefs will not have now. Good news for for us Eagles fans, I guess, is is we won't have to worry about McCall Hardman. But uh, still, a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball for Kansas City. So uh, I don't think it really hurts them too much as long as Mahomes is playing. I think the Kansas City fans feel like uh, they got themselves a, a pretty good shot at winning this thing. So let's let's jump into the game. As far as the overall numbers. This this game opened up last week. As soon as the AFC and NFC Championship games ended, this this ended up uh, with Philadelphia being an underdog in this one, and then literally within 24 hours, it, it flipped completely. And now Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite. The over under in this game is 50 and a half, and I think that is um, you know with both of these offenses being you know the top two offenses in the league. Philadelphia's defense being really good. Kansas City's defense, you know, they're not slouches. They're they're not as good as as Philly, but uh, you know, they weren't bad throughout the season. 
I think that 50 and a half is a good number. I think it's a really tough number to call the over under. I probably won't be, uh, you know, placing any wagers on that because I think this game is going to be right around that number. Personally, uh, I do like the fact that the Eagles are the favorite now because I feel like they probably should have been. I know that, you know, Kansas city has been to this part, the stage of, you know, been to more super bowls in recent history. And, you know, they had the experience, their head coach has more experience. I get all that. I think the Eagles are just a better overall team personally. Um, so I do think that they should probably be the favorite in this game, but uh, why don't you, why don't you jump into to your picks here first? Well, I mean, you know, I'm a, put my money where my mouth is kind of guy when it comes to this. And, you know, for entertainment purposes only, we're not, we're not really putting anything on that. <clears throat> uh, but no, at, at the end of the day, I, Pat, you just said it, even without a hometown bias to turn around and look what was done throughout the regular season, throughout the playoffs at, at these two teams. And, you know, I, I think there was a, a tweet that came out earlier that showed a lot of things that were like a dead heat with the records and everything else. Um, the Eagles kind of just steamrolled right through the playoffs. I mean, there was no question in the Giants game. Um, you know, Brock Purdy injury aside, even if he had stayed in that game, uh, that Eagles defense wasn't giving up maybe but more than a touchdown. Maybe, maybe a touchdown and a field goal. They weren't losing that game. You look at Kansas City where, you know, there was a little bit of doubt with Jacksonville, and obviously Mahomes picked up an injury. And then last week against Cincinnati uh, needed a – a fifth down and, and a couple other penalties <laughs> to kind of go their way to really get them past a team that had had their number for the last couple of seasons, particularly uh, in the previous AFC championship. So I think instead of looking at it as the team as a whole, I think a lot of people are looking at it as well. That's Pat Mahomes because he's been anointed as an automatic. He's already in the hall of fame, which, you know, I'm not trying to play favorites or not. I, I don't dislike the guy. I know he's an excellent quarterback, but, He's won one Super Bowl. He's put up a few great passing seasons. He makes great plays. Is he probably going to get in regardless if his season ended today? Yeah, I think the way the league looks at stuff, they would probably just put him right in, almost give him kind of like – and he's not on the same level, but in Major League Baseball, you had a you had a pitcher back in the day, Sandy Koufax, who only played like seven or eight seasons and was so dominant at the time when he pitched and then retired for his own health and his own reasons. And – You'd say, well, his numbers don't match up with all the greats and the all-time strikeouts. And I think that's part of it. But you're just anointing this guy because you need the next level because Tom Brady has, again, officially retired. And you have another guy because it's a quarterback league. So now you look at Josh Allen looks like maybe he's taken a step back, uh, you know, in, in the end of the season playoffs. And they said there were some injuries there. Uh, Joe Burrow looks like he's still right up there. And then you look at the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, who not many people thought was going to really be a factor in the NFL the way he is now. I mean, even last season, losing the way they did to Tampa Bay, saying he couldn't read a defense. But you see a different level of just killer instinct and confidence with him that you don't see in a lot of other modern-day athletes. He's got the swagger. He's got the drip. But at the same time, he is he's there. It's business. He's, he's like the Gus Fring of – the NFL to me, where he is there, <laughs> he's going to look good doing it, but he's going to get shit done no matter what. And you're not going to mess with him. You're just not. And I think that's transferred over to the team. You know, I listen to WIP a lot and, and the local media, and you hear that. Like, you hear it in his voice. You you hear him say that 
you know, he's starving for this and he wants this because there's a lot of stuff from college that unvalidated his career. You know, he's one of the best Texas football quarterbacks of all time. He is a guy that went to Alabama, lost to Deshaun Watson as a freshman, got benched for Tua in a win, transfers to Oklahoma, and, and is still looked at as good as a runner-up for a Heisman. And it's always seemed like something has slipped past him where he's been overlooked and, and things like that. And I, we're all guilty of it. I don't think anybody expected him to have quite the season that he had this year, you know, where, where you look and say, obviously, Mahomes will probably win MVP as far as that goes, because you look at some changes in his offense that have gone on. At the end of the day, the quarterbacks are always going to be the story. But when you look at those teams as a whole and the entire Eagles roster, that is all 22 are healthy, all starters. They have a deep team. They have good coaching, which I think is another thing we lambast up here that we want Buddy Ryan. We want all 11 guys blitzing and we want dead quarterbacks on the other side of the field. And it's not how the modern game goes. And our offense is explosive. They get everybody involved. Kansas City does the same on offense. Uh, and their defensive line isn't too bad. But in their secondary, their linebacking core, uh, unless they're stealing plays, unless they're they're somehow in the microphones, or unless my my one true caveat for the game is the 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 footlocker crew, the referees. Like if they start getting all flag happy, like they love to do whenever Pat Mahomes it's third and long and they can't convert, flag. He throws a bad pick, flag. Just to kind of get that ball back to him. And, you know, okay, the Eagles might get a makeup call. If it's something like that where they're starting to really drag ass with the flags and slow the game down and, and just take away momentum, that to me is one of the only factors that and, and God forbid, some catastrophic injury that would that would hold the Eagles back from lifting the Lombardi trophy. Uh, I think the Eagles and I know Madden just simulated it, but I kind of had a similar concept of a score in my head. So I'll go with it. Uh, I think Eagles actually it's the one and a half is, is just being polite. Eagles blow them out. <laughs> uh, Eagles just blow them out. Uh, I won't be shocked if there's a defensive touchdown. Honest to God, a pick six or a fumble recovery on a strip sack. Or, or okay, you put Clyde Edwards Hilaire back in there. He's had some ball security issues. Guess what? You're coming off IR. You haven't played in a minute. You're going into the Super Bowl. Good luck. You know, they've been there. They have some players that have been there. But that wide receiving core being banged up, you know, Travis Kelsey, he can carry that team. But he, I don't think he's going to be able to carry him quite that far. So I say 31-17 Eagles. So it would be Eagles. It would be the under uh, 50. And, again, Pat, uh, you know, I, I will see you on Broad Street, uh, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the best, like I said this earlier, the best day for a parade, if anybody's listening, do it on Friday. Wait the week. Have a nice long weekend to go into that Monday, which is President's Weekend. Let everybody get it out because – there's not going to be a lot of work getting done in the city of Philadelphia for an entire week. If you don't, you already lost Monday. Monday's gone. There's already two hour school delays in the area, not because of snow, but because parents are not going to be able to handle getting up and getting their kids to school. <laughs> and some of the kids might not be able to handle that either. Cause you know, damn right. Well, they're going to be up uh, and partying with their folks. You got a lot of, a lot of big fans out there, but yeah, this is going to be an awesome time. Uh, I mean, the first one was always going to be the, the most special, I think this one is different just because going in with the level of confidence that I think a lot of fans have is is through the roof. I would be I would be stunned. I mean, I was I had the rug pulled out from under me with the Phillies the way it ended. I really felt that was a team of destiny uh, considering how hot they were. And for some reason, it didn't happen. And to me, I, that hit me hard. It was like a death in the family. Well, honest to God, because I was really <laughs> I'm serious, Pat. I was so hurt when that did not go down the way it should have. They went out with a little bit of a whimper at the end to to the Houston Astros to cheat no matter what and then to turn around and get this opportunity the Sixers aren't going to get there the Flyers are light years away the Union 
are, are hanging around. They may pull an MLS Cup out, but for us to win two in five years and to start to really get on the map and to show the Giants and the Cowgirls and uh, that Washington, whatever they want to call them next year, team, that, you know what, we are the best team in the division and we are the best team in the conference and to show everybody that we are the best team in the NFL. Eagles win the Super Bowl. Nice. I like it. And, yes, I think uh, I think we're, we're pretty much in step here with each other. For me personally, I think this game is going to come down to whichever team can honestly execute to their strengths the best. Kansas City is the best passing offense in the league. And Philadelphia is the best passing defense in the league. So, you know, one of those things has got to give. If Philadelphia can just hold Kansas City to a reasonable number, passing yards, passing touchdowns, things like that, I think obviously that gives them a a huge advantage. I like Philadelphia's offense a little bit better because it's more balanced, which I think gives them a slight advantage in this one. They can run the ball. Uh, They ended the year first in rushing touchdowns and fifth in rushing yards. But Kansas City has been better against the rush, uh, ranking eighth best in touchdowns allowed. Now, a lot of that, though, has to do with the fact that they really didn't face a whole lot of rushing attempts throughout the year because their offense was so potent. And, and you know, they obviously they led the league in points scored. It's hard to run against Kansas City. So they really didn't have to face, uh, you know, a ton of rushing attempts. They actually only faced 419 rushing attempts on the season, which was good for the fifth lowest in the league, but their yards per attempt was up at 4.4, which was, you know, right in the middle of the pack, right around 16. Conversely for Kansas city, they didn't run the ball as much in the regular season. They only had 417 rushing attempts, which was 24th in the league. It's just, you know, one of those things where Kansas city's main strength, which is Patrick Mahomes and throwing the football is really what the Eagles excel at. The Eagles were number one in sacks, which obviously you don't get unless you're facing you know a bunch of pass attempts. And they were number one in pass yards allowed and number three in passing touchdowns allowed and defensively. They were also tied for fourth in uh, turnovers for. So uh, the Eagles defense really, you know, there's been so much said about both of the offenses in this game. And rightfully so, both of these offensive, you know, they are the number one and number two scoring offenses in the league. And I and I think the reason that now Philadelphia has become the favorite and why so much money went on them early is because the Eagles defense is so much better than the Chiefs defense. And I think that's the difference in this game is if the Eagles can just do what they do and score a reasonable amount of points, they don't even have to, you know, go nuts. But if they can just score a reasonable amount of points and their defense plays well enough to you know, hold Kansas City to twenty-one or less. I, I don't think I don't think you can beat Philadelphia with twenty-one points. I just don't think that it's possible. I think that their offense is too good. Their offensive line is too good. Their offensive weapons are too good, uh, and their defense again. If they can hold Kansas City to you know three touchdowns or less, I, I think that's all she wrote for this one personally. Both teams have been really good at ball control. Uh, Eagles are number one in time of possession. The Chiefs are number two, even though they don't run the ball that well. Uh, they do a lot of screen passes, short passes, you know, shovel passes, things like that, that sort of make up for the for the lack of running game. And uh, and I think they really try to beat you methodically. The Chiefs offense, now that Tyreek Hill is not there, dropped significantly in yards per attempt. They were number one in the league last year. They're number seven in the league this year. So it's definitely one of those things where the Chiefs 
passing attack has still been a ball control type of offense. But if the Eagles, you know, again, the Eagles are number one pass defense in the league. If their strength matches up with Kansas City's strength, I think it's going to be hard for Kansas City to complete a bunch of passes to not allow sacks, especially with Patrick Mahomes being hobbled. It's just going to be difficult for the Kansas City Chiefs to do what they normally do against the Philadelphia Eagles. And you saw it against the Bengals. I mean, they they just got out of that game. Like you said, you know, some of those penalties helped. Some of them were, uh, you know, real. Some of them may have been made up, what have you. But I think the Chiefs needed the help. Uh, again, is it possible that they receive that help in the Super Bowl? Yeah, sure. It, it's possible. But I think, again, for me, in the end, the Eagles are the more well-rounded and better team in this matchup. But just like any other football game, both of these teams are so good that it's really going to come down to whoever can execute better. I mean, if, you know, I, I think if both teams play to their strengths and both teams play well, I think the Eagles are a better team. I think the Eagles will win the game. If the Eagles play poorly, turn the ball over, make mistakes, then I think Kansas City could absolutely, you know, smack them around and, and win the Super Bowl. But I think Nick Sirianni has done such a good job all year of keeping these guys focused on what is right in front of them and not thinking too far ahead, not getting out of, you know, there was that whole Bill Belichick uh, thing when the Patriots were, were winning all those Super Bowls, the whole just do your job thing. And I think Sirianni has done a really good job at just getting the players to buy in with just doing their job to the best of their ability. Don't go out and try to win the game. Don't go out and try to win the possession. Go out and try to win the play. If you can win more plays than the other team wins, then you're most likely going to win the game. And so I think that's the mantra of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that that's where you're going to see, again, I I think the Eagles either win or lose this game based on how they play. I don't think Kansas City has as much of a factor in now, obviously, if the Eagles are turning the ball over, Kansas City may be doing some good things. You know, they may be getting some sacks, some some interceptions, whatever the case is. And I don't think that that's out of the question because Kansas City's defense, for what it's not, they still are a good defense in this league. Steve Spagnuolo does an excellent job, even when he doesn't have the best personnel, to put a defense in place that really tests the offense and makes the offense sort of do things that they're not good at in order to beat Kansas City. So I think that, you know, again, the Eagles are... Because they can run and throw the ball, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them to do the things that maybe they're not as good at because they are good at at all things. So, uh, again, if Philadelphia plays their game, I think they got this one. I think they are going to play their game. I feel like they've done that all year. And so for this one, I am taking the Eagles to win Super Bowl 57 by a score of 31 to 21. And uh, so for me, that's Philly and the over, but just barely of uh what's that 52 total uh so i think that's that's what we're looking at for for that one i I think it's going to be a a 10 point eagles victory um not to not to even speculate on like you know super bowl mvps but if if you had to say one player and and i'll come back with one maybe the same guy i don't even know um but if you had one player who you think is the the factor that arguably i guess is the eagles winning or kansas city not winning is there anybody in particular you pick out as that guy? I mean, obviously, we know the team-wise, like, and you and I both just said it, that the more complete roster, the healthier team, and so on and so forth, is Philadelphia. But is there one player that 
will make or break arguably it for either team. Who's your guy? Not so much an X factor, but who's your guy? Could well, be defense I mean, too. Obviously, we do offense with football, but yeah, I mean, I think again, I, listen, it's going to be sort of a cliche answer, but it's the truth. I mean, quarterbacks are what makes this league go. They touch the ball on every play. They make the decisions, you know, pretty much on every play. So, and and especially Jalen Hurts, he makes more decisions per game than Patrick Mahomes does. And, you know, Mahomes may have more pass attempts in, in the game and, you know, on a per game basis throughout the season, but Jalen Hurts a lot of times has to decide whether to hand the ball off to the running back or whether to keep it on those, on those option plays, whether to throw the ball during in those run pass option plays. So a lot of the decision-making for Philadelphia, especially on the offensive side of the ball, obviously falls on the quarterback and falls on Jalen Hurts. So I think as long as he comes into this game and trusts his reads, trusts you know what he's been seeing, I think the Chiefs are going to put Hurts in a position to where they're going to make him make the decisions tough for him. That's that's how I think the Chiefs attack Philadelphia on defense. I think that you know those run options, you know those read options, where you know he's he's got the ball in the in the running back's belly and he's kind of you know deciding whether to keep it himself or whether to hand it to the running back. There's always that end man that's unblocked that has to make those decisions. And I guarantee you the chiefs practice all week has been those defensive ends learning how to play that read option well, and how to stop the Eagles from, from, you know, that's, that's one of those two way goes. It's it's if, if the, if the defensive end, you know, goes down and chases the running back, obviously hurts, keeps it and, and runs with it. If he comes to towards the quarterback and, and looks to, you know, stop Jalen Hurts from running with the football, then, you know, they hand it off to the running back. And I think that the Chiefs are probably going to want the the Eagles running backs to handle the ball more and take the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. So I see a lot of, like, rushing props and stuff like that for Hurts. I'm actually one who thinks that Jalen Hurts is going to rush less in this game because I think the Chiefs understand that that is, you know, talking about X factors, that is the X factor in this game is Jalen Hurts' legs. And so I think the Chiefs are going to try to take that part of the game away and, you know, let try to make Miles Sanders beat you, try to make, you know, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell beat you rather than having Jalen Hurts running with the ball and having these, you know, all of these options to, to run, to throw. To, I think Jalen Hurts has made good decisions, so I think he is the, the X factor for both teams. Again, I, I think that the Eagles, because they have the better team, I feel like as long as Hertz plays well and the and the Eagles offense can operate without too much resistance, I mean, I think Hertz is is set up to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, honestly. I, I mean, I know that him and Mahomes are I think I think they're both uh, minus one thirty as favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah that's plus, what I'm, I'm sorry, plus one thirty. Yeah. They're both the favorites to win the MVP. And I and I think that obviously makes sense, but I think Hertz should probably be because the fact that the Eagles are favored in the game, Hurt should probably be a little bit more of a favorite to win the MVP. Yeah, uh, as far as that, yeah, I think I think that it's going to kind of play out. Yeah, you're not barring Mahomes having you know a, a crazy game. I know when we won last time, obviously Nick Foles won the MVP. It was a winning quarterback, but you know Brady went for five eleven and everything. He was right there with him in, in that, and you've only seen one other time where. 
well, once period where the losing team actually had <laughs> the MVP of the Super Bowl. I believe it was all the way back in Super Bowl five, where two Dallas Cowboy defensive players won it, even though the Colts won the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I'd say sticking with the Eagles, but since you kind of went off Jalen Hurts, I'll just say to me, the one guy is probably going to be Dallas Goddard, who I never was really kind of high on until this year when it looks like they finally got him up to speed and turned him into what he kind of is. I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts, he lost one game himself as far as a starter this season. It was to the Washington Commanders. Uh, and even going back and taking a look at you know, like, hey, what went wrong? You know, we all watched that and couldn't understand, you know, what the heck was going on. And and basically what they ended up doing to them was just holding the football and, and keeping it away. Like, to me, that's one of the big factors that, you know, could come into play, so to speak, where when you look back at that game and you say, okay, well, what went wrong? Why did they lose? How come he lost? There were a lot, there were turnovers, which is always the biggest factor, I think, in any game. But the, the Washington Commanders held the ball for 40 minutes in that game. And if that's going to happen, they ran the ball 49 times. If Andy Reid, and to me, this is the, the factor for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you and I know Andy Reid because he was the Eagles coach for a long time. We went to five NFC Championship games, went to one Super Bowl, could never quite get over the hump. But we were one of the best teams in the NFL for a decade. And the thing that we could never get over is how come they don't run the football? And it still carries over. And obviously having quarterback like Mahomes, back in the day, a quarterback like McNabb, you have way better weapons for Mahomes, I think, than you do for <laughs> we remember what, you know, what what Donovan really had, which was keeping uh, you know, just dump passes and screens out of the backfield, getting Brent Selleck a little bit involved on the tight end level. If Andy Reid is somehow able to change his philosophy for one game and make the Kansas City Chiefs not a true running team, but run enough successfully enough against this defense, which, you know, uh, something like that could come into play where you turn around and they're, they go from being uh, look at right now. They were regular season. Kansas City was the 20th best rushing offense. Eagles, meanwhile, were fifth. If you if you look at a team that that has that going, and again, they just activated Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, they do have a pretty good offensive line. It's, there are no slouch. They're there to protect the quarterback, but this offense doesn't end up being 14-3 and three without being able to do what they need to do. I think that when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, their one little weak spot to say, if anything, all season was their run defense. They've tightened it up a lot in the playoffs, but they were middle of the pack. Regular season, they were 17th. They gave up 4.6 a carry. And Kansas City was a smidge better, actually, their run defense, because they have a pretty solid D-line. They were actually eighth. If Andy Reid can actually put together a game plan that keeps the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, that, to me, is the only factor on the field that could make something different. Now, is he going to do that? Are you going to turn Pat Mahomes into just a handoff, 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 handoff guy? I, I don't think you can do it. I, I really don't. Uh, I don't think you can stay with it for long. It might be some scripted plays in the beginning. Maybe they jump out, 14 play, you know, seven-minute drive to start the game, drive down the field and punch it in and and think that they've you know worn the defense down and taken their heart away versus an offense like ours that can be a little bit quick strike. But at the end of the day, we were eighth in total time of possession during the regular season. We were a lot better than than they were by by about 
you know, a minute, minute and a half. Doesn't sound like much, but uh, it, it is what it is. And we'd like to do that too. That to me is the only factor. So I think Andy Reid to me, and I'll go on the other side. I think Andy Reid is the biggest factor in the entire game. If he can adjust his plays, keep the ball out of Philadelphia's hands, make it a close game, then you got a shot. Maybe that's why they're seeing that one and a half. But you and I, I think, both know it's going to be very hard to do that. San Francisco had the ability defensively to do that, and they just couldn't get it done because, again, they couldn't sustain a drive after the second quarter. That was that was what it was. But there really has only been one team all season long that has beaten us in that time of possession, and it was the one game we lost. And even that game ended up being just turnovers that weren't converted touchdowns. It was one we would have won by the skin of our teeth. So, uh, to me, Andy Reid, it's up to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I think um... – I think the running game is the key to the Chiefs, you know, victory in this one. I, I completely agree with you. I think that that's also where the Eagles struggled a little bit more defensively. They were 16th in rush yards allowed. And, um, you know, again, they, they sort of, like the Chiefs, they didn't face a ton of rushing attempts because of the fact that their offense was so potent and scored so many points that it was a little bit difficult to, uh, you know, really run the ball a lot on the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. it, it was, you know, when teams score, you have to keep up, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where teams didn't run the ball on Philadelphia as much, but they did it fairly effectively. Like you said, Philadelphia gave up 4.6 yards per attempt uh, on the ground. So uh, the Chiefs do have the, the players to run the ball. I, you know, even Jarek McKinnon, who's sort of a, a pass catching specialist, is a good running back and I mean has shown that when he's handling traditional running back carries that he can produce. And I think that, you know, with Clyde Edwards Alaire coming back, with you know, obviously with Isaiah Pacheco there, that guy is, you know, he runs like the Tasmanian devil. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, definitely going to be a factor how often the Chiefs mix in the run. And I, I think, like you said, I think if if Andy can can do the smart thing, which I think he's a good coach. Uh, and really, you know, lean on that running game, which is, you know, ne not necessarily the strength of, you know, the Kansas City offense, but also not really the strength of the Philadelphia defense. I think if he can mix in enough running plays, we'll keep the game close. Uh, I do think he will do that. It's going to be difficult, especially if Kansas City gets down big, if they, if they for whatever reason, find themselves down 14 points at some point in this game. Handing the ball off gets it gets difficult to keep doing when you're down, you know, two scores in the third quarter or whatever. So uh, I think that Philadelphia has the ability to, if they can put some points on the board, we'll have the ability to sort of make Kansas city more one dimensional. And as and as good as Kansas city is at throwing the football, like I said earlier, the Eagles are just as good at defending the pass. So I think working in tandem offensively and defensively is going to be key for the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think that, you know, again, the Chiefs, listen, we're, I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm writing the Chiefs off like they do not have a chance in this game because they absolutely do. Um, this is this is not, a, a, you know, going to be a walk in the park. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I hope you're right. I would love to, you know, see the Eagles just absolutely go in and annihilate them. But I, I just don't see – I don't see Andy Reid allowing that to happen, and I don't see Patrick Mahomes allowing that to happen. I think if the Eagles – do come out and score a ton of points. I think that Mahomes figures out a way to to keep up with them and, and score a ton of points. And I think that if you're going to, you know, wager on the over under in this game, I think it makes more sense to wager the over because I can I can see 
I can't see Kansas City really stopping Philadelphia offensively because the Eagles do everything so well on the offensive side of the ball. So I do think the Eagles are going to score. I think the difference in this game is, you know, will Kansas City be able to keep up with them? And if they do, then I think the over is a lock. If they don't, uh, and and like you said, it ends more the way you think, which is, you know, Philadelphia winning by, you know, multiple, you know, double digit points, then, you know, I think that's the only way that this game hits the under is if Philly scores and Kansas City doesn't. But I mean, how do you sit here and say that the number one scoring offense in the league is not going to score points? I mean, I get it. They haven't played a defense like the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't think the Eagles have played an offense anywhere near as as potent as the Chiefs this year. So I think this is going to be a test for both teams. And I think, you know, again, I think both of these, this, this could end up being, you know, a team where both, a game where both teams score in the 30s. Um, honestly, I remember, you know, the the Super Bowl, the Eagles won, I believe it was 41 to 33. So, you know, we're looking at a 74 point Super Bowl. I don't necessarily know that it's going to go there because I don't think that the Eagles defense five years ago was what this team's defense is. So I think that it's it's going to be a game where Eagles will score, and I think they're going to do their part. They're going to, you know, they're they're twenty five of the fifty. They'll definitely hit that, and I think that it's going to be up to Kansas City whether their offense can can keep up or whether Philadelphia's defense can stifle them a little bit. So you're saying you're just a little scared? I understand. It's okay. Listen, it's not your fault. I will say this: when the when Andy Reid was coaching the Eagles back in the in the like it was like late nineties, early two thousands, right? It was. Yeah, well, I guess it was early 2011. 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So we went to was it? It was three consecutive NFC Championship games, and the two, the first two, were the two that I felt the most confident going into, mm-hmm. and they were the two that Philadelphia lost. The last one, which I believe was against the Atlanta Falcons, when they had Michael Vick as their starting quarterback, I was deathly afraid going into that game because Michael Vick was like, he was like Michael Jordan. Like he was doing things that nobody had, you know, seen at the quarterback position before. And, you know, just, he was just the best athlete on the field. And I was definitely afraid going into that Atlanta game and that game, the Eagles won pretty handily. So I don't like personally feeling as confident as I do right now in this game, because that's what makes me feel, I think more let down when things don't go the way that I think that they're, they're going to. So yeah, there's a little bit of fear for sure. That's more of a fear of, I guess, letdown. And, you know, Jalen Hurts not being in this situation. Mahomes has been here before. Andy Reid has been here before. The Eagles, you know, a lot of their players, even five years ago, weren't with the team. You know, it's Devontae Smith wasn't here. A.J. Brown wasn't here. Jalen Hurts wasn't here. There's not, I mean, the offensive line, which is, you know, the Eagles, you know, probably most important part of their team. Most of those guys were around. But I'm listen, they just don't have the experience in these big games that the Kansas City Chiefs do, especially not recently. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of fear that this moment could be bigger than some of these guys, that they could get nervous, that they could fold under the pressure. I don't see it happening, especially with Hertz, because he does seem like he's so in control of his emotions all the time. But that doesn't mean that it's not possible. And so... Yeah, there's there's definitely a little bit of fear that, you know, Mahomes comes out and this is just another game for him. Whereas, you know, Jalen Hurts comes out and this is the biggest game of his career, the biggest spot that he has to prove himself in his career. And that, you know, that the the weight and gravity of that moment may 
may weigh on him a little bit harder than it does on Mahomes and may cause him to play a little bit tighter and, you know, make a few more mistakes than he normally would. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't I don't see it happening based off of, you know, like I said, all the interviews I've seen with him. He seems like he keeps himself together extremely well. But we don't know. We haven't we haven't seen him in this spot yet, you know. So you know, we'll, we will find out on Sunday, obviously. But uh, it's going to be a good one. But but yeah, for sure, I'm a little bit worried. All right. Well, again, I it, just hug your dog. You'll be fine. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Listen, I trust me. I I believe the Eagles are going to win. I think they are the better team. But it's one. It, if this were a series, if they were like best out of three, they, they play three weeks in a row. I'd put a, a good chunk of money on the Eagles because I do think that they are the better team. But in football, it's one game. You have to come and play, and you have to show up on in, in that specific game. And if you don't, you don't get another shot. There's no do-overs in football, which is you know why the NFL and why you know these these games are so exciting, and why the Super Bowl is you know the most watched sporting event on television every year because it's it's one shot. It's you know like Eminem said, it's one shot, one opportunity. You know, you don't want to end up like Donovan McNabb with, you know, mom's spaghetti all over your sweatshirt. So, wow. You literally, it was like spoken word. That was awesome. <laughs> I, cool. I just, a little Eminem in there for you. Way to go, P Rabbit. Appreciate that. <laughs> Jesus. What, what have we become? Let's stop. Let's, all right, we're done. Um, so, on that note, folks, have a great week. Um, folks, uh, yes, obviously, you know, we are, we are both in, in tandem here. Just, uh, just kind of busting chops here at the end to, to do uh, do what we always do. Again, it's it's been a great season. I know we're going to discuss. Are we doing anything next week or are we following up? Uh, I think we should. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think we should do a, a post Super Bowl show. Um, you know, well, Monday, Monday. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I took off. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to yeah. be doing anything other than recovering. We might, uh, we we'll might be, be recording our Tuesday words, night. But... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep, definitely. Well, yeah, we'll record live from the parade for you, folks. Just to let you get the idea <laughs> yeah, of what the hell's be, really going on here. That so would like, be great if we could set that up. I don't uh, think uh, I don't think we have the technical capabilities for that, but yeah. uh, that would be that would be absolutely awesome to do that. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe in a couple of years when we uh, we get a little uh, experience under our belts, we can we can set something up somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Be, uh, official cool. podcast of the NFL. I mean, we're just waiting for you guys. Come on, Roger. Where you at? <laughs> He doesn't answer my emails. I don't know why. Nah, you're not the only one, I bet. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week, folks. Before we head out, we do want to thank Mickey's Portacol Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey, for partnering with the show. If you are looking for a great place to watch the Super Bowl or if you're looking for some food for the Super Bowl, Mickey's, I know, does some catering. Definitely get your orders in sooner rather than later. But definitely head over there. Mickey's has a lot of great food and drink specials during the football games uh, and, and especially during the, the big game on Sunday. Mickey's Pub 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. If you're in the area, head over to Mickey's, man. They're having a big old party. Definitely check them out. And uh, we want to thank them again for, for partnering with the show. And before we head out, one more time, just throw our socials out there for you. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco on Twitter. Our email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. And you can check out our website, www.thenineroutefb.com. It's got all of our links to all of our episodes on there. And uh, it's got our, I believe it's got our numbers for, what did we put up last week? We put up our numbers for our 
was it our playoff? I don't remember what we put up there last week. We don't have our start sit numbers up there. Uh, I will. I will try to get. Oh, we put up the fantasy award winners. Yep. Uh, on our website, so yeah, you can go check that out if you if you missed that. Uh, Scott, you got anything? And I'm sure you do. Before we get out of here. Uh, well, again, you know, obviously everybody be safe, enjoying the game. Uh, obviously it's a day for a lot of people to indulge some that aren't used to indulging, make sure your food's cooked right. If you're cooking at home, so we don't have any hiccups or, or anything happen that, that would preclude you from a true celebration. I think Pat, if, if you can join me, I think we should go out with, with a nice Eagles chant, uh, on three, if you're ready, yeah, one, that would work. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. E-A-G-E-L-E-S Eagles! Go Birds, baby. We'll see you next week. Eagles are going to be champs. Peace.